Around this time, the Lord has given us, the church has given us some martyrs uh, uh, to celebrate. Um, last Wednesday, we celebrated the martyrdom of a Jewess who had become a Catholic, Edith Stein, who became Sister Saint Teresa Benedict of the Cross. And Monday is, is kept the feast of uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, Catholic priest, both of whom uh, died in the concentration camp at Auschwitz in Poland. We also celebrate on Thursday one of the great early Roman martyrs of the church, a deacon, uh, St. Lawrence. So he and uh, together with St. Stephen are the wonderful champions of the, of the ministry of service and uh, to the, to the two, perhaps the two greatest of the martyr, uh, deacon martyrs in the church. Edith Stein came from an observant Jewish family in Poland, but by the age of 14, she was a self-confessed atheist. Uh, in Germany, she studied philosophy under the Catholic phenomenologist Edmund Husserl, who was very influential upon uh, Pope St. John Paul II. One could really say that he uh, was from the phenomenologist uh, school of philosophy, together with the great, another great Catholic author, Dietrich von Hildebrand. She was a professor of philosophy, and once a day she was going to visit some friends, spent to spend some time with them, was running late for a train, so she forgot to take a book and something to read. So when she got there, when she got there and all her friends, her hosts had gone to bed, she went to the library and found a book there uh, called many books, but one she thought she'd pick up was one about St. Teresa of Avila and her life. And she stayed up all night reading that book, and in the morning she... Uh, she proclaimed, this is the truth. And she was baptized on January 1st, 1922. Twelve years later, she uh, entered the Carmelites uh, in April 1934, taking the names Teresa after Teresa of Avila, Bened Benedicta after um, St. Benedict, and of the cross because of St. Teresa, also of the cross. And... Um, uh, like every Jew, even though she was Catholic, she was hunted down by the Nazis. She was transferred to a Carmel in Echt in Holland, and her sister Rosa moved with her. She was a tertiary Carmelite. And the bishops in Holland issued a very clear pastoral letter condemning the Nazi repression of the Jews. And uh, the Nazis had control there. And so out of revenge, the Sunday following the reading of that pastoral letter in all the churches of Holland, uh, all Catholics of Jewish origin were rounded up, uh, including uh, Sister Teresa Benedicta of the Cross from her Carmel there in Ect on August 2nd, 1942. And uh, they all were taken to Auschwitz. And she died in the gas chamber the following week, August 9th, 1942, according to eyewitnesses, still wearing her Carmelite habit. St. Maximilian Kolbe, also from Poland, was a, um, a, a Franciscan, founder of the Militia Immaculate, the Militia of the Immaculate One, Mary, so great devotion to Our Lady. He established cities of peace, uh, one in Japan, and another just outside Warsaw, near Pokolonov, which I visited many years ago and uh, where they would serve all who came to them in need, uh, regardless of their religion or race, and so Jews also, 
uh, benefited from their almsgiving, from being food distributions, etc. And he was arrested uh, merely for being a, a, a priest and a religious and taken to Auschwitz the year before Edith Stein uh, on May 28, 1941. In July 1941, a prisoner escaped, and the practice was that if one prisoner escaped, 10 men would be rounded up from the camp and sent to a cell to starve as a deterrent so that anyone who escaped would know that 10 men would have to die and be punished for their sake. And one man, Franciszek Gavonovicek, cried out, my wife, my children. And so Maximilian, Father Maximilian stepped forward and, and asked that his, he take this married man's place. And so he was taken, and uh, they, he and the other nine were taken to a cell where they were sent to starve. And Maximilian, Father Maximilian led all those prisoners in prayer during all that time, and that cell was considered a place of light in the midst of so much darkness. Two weeks later, all but four of them had died, and so the remaining four, including Father Maximilian, was given, were given lethal injections of carbolic acid. And he died on August 14th, 1941. And he was cremated the following day, August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady. So we have these two martyrs and many other martyrs, martyrs of love, martyrs who faced hatred of the faith, in this case, the hatred of the Nazis for Jews, Catholics, priests, anyone who did not conform to their idea of a superior race. And uh, St. Teresa Benedicta, of course, was a Jewess who became a Roman Catholic. And St. Maximilian was, was one who desired and worked for and prayed for the conversion of the Jews, as should we. It, it's a myth, to, it's not correct to think that we should not desire uh, the conversion of the Jews and, and, and evangelize them, spread the gospel to them. And St. Paul shares this with us today in the ninth chapter of his letter to the Romans. We've just finished reading the eighth chapter about life in the Spirit. And today he speaks the truth in, the, in, in Christ, in the Spirit. He says how his conscience and the Holy Spirit are at one here, which is quite a bold thing to say. And he confesses to the sorrow and anguish in his heart that his fellow Israelites, my own people, the Jews, do not have the truth in Christ. He calls them my kindred according to the flesh, for they are the same flesh as he is. I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people. From them according to the flesh is the Christ, who is over all, God blessed forever. From the Jewish people came the Christ, yet they have not accepted him. And this caused St. Paul such great anguish that he was prepared himself to be cut off from Christ if it would lead to their accepting him. I just thought as I was contemplating that reading from St. Paul, how is our anguish for our kindred according to the flesh? We could just begin with our families who are one flesh with us. I know that there are many who have converted to the faith who face misunderstanding from their parents why have you become Catholic? Sometimes anything but Catholic, you know? Uh, and they face this misunderstanding and having to explain things, and, and it causes them anguish. Or for their spouses, you know, and I know that people pray for the conversion of their families and their spouses. 
I see the petitions that are placed in the intention box there by a lady of perpetual help, which are placed on the altar every Saturday morning. They're anonymous. I don't know who they're from. But I can see this heartfelt prayer for family members, parents, spouses, children who, are not, uh, who do not accept the Catholic faith, or grandchildren who are not baptized, or their siblings who do not practice the faith, who do not, who do not accept what St. Paul calls the truth in Christ. And the lives of the martyrs should inspire us with this zeal for the truth, and that those who are our kindred in the flesh should share this truth of Christ. We remember that St. Paul himself was a martyr for the faith. He, he was decapitated for the, for the Christian faith. Perhaps we fear sometimes bearing testimony to our faith. Perhaps we fear losing friendships or being embarrassed or, or worse, that we're not, we're not all that concerned that others should come to the knowledge of the truth. Perhaps we think it doesn't matter. Well, the martyrs, the example of the martyrs should, should put paid to that. It really does matter. It was worth giving their lives for. What we must do is just have the courage to step out you know, to take the opportunity to bear witness to our faith. Uh, and it can be challenging. Maybe that using that Holy Moments book, the idea in that book might help us. Like Peter, who saw Jesus walking on the water. And when he saw Jesus walking on the water, he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And then, of course, Peter began to walk on the water, and he realized the immensity of the step he had taken, walking on water, and he became frightened and he began to sink and, he, and maybe fear grips us at times. Well, we just follow Peter's example and we call out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus will stretch out his hand and save us and rescue us from that fear. And then we will realize, like Peter, how little our faith is, how weak it is. And we will worship him as the Son of God, and our desire that all come to know the truth, who is Christ, will only deepen and increase, and we'll have the courage to step out again, so that others, like the, like the companions of Peter in that boat, may come to worship the Lord, the, the one who, as St. Paul says, is God, blessed forever. And we always have the company of Our Lady. We have the beautiful Feast of the Assumption coming up on Tuesday. And the, the deeper our love for her, the deeper will our love be for, for her son. And, of course, we have an opportunity to bear witness to our Catholic faith by attending Mass on Tuesday. It's a holy day of obligation. Or we can fulfill the obligation on Monday evening. You know, so many of you will have the opportunity to... You may have an invitation out or to, on Tuesday or Monday evening, and you'll say, well, you know, I'll, I'll be along after I've been to Mass. I have to get to Mass on Tuesday. Or, or Monday evening. You know, we won't put anything else before that. And we'll remember, of course, it is an obligation binding on the mortal sin. It's a grave sin to miss Mass on the Holy Day of Obligation unless there is a grave reason uh, for doing so. And let's do it with love, being part of the militia of the Immaculata, uh, that, as Maximilian was, being a, a, great desire, a great disciple of Mary, who in turn will lead us to be greater disciples of our Lord. Let's be fervent in our love, even not be shy of bearing testimony either to our love for Mary when others maybe question us about that. For it is only uh, proper for us as sons of Mary to be fervent in our love for her and therefore to be fervent in our love for her son.